0: Moncrief on News Talk,
1: brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: Anyway, uh, time for uh, start some look at some stories from other parts uh, of the globe. Jonathan Burke Butler joins us once again. Jonathan, good afternoon.
1: Sean, how you doing?
0: Uh, not too bad. Let's uh, go to Thailand uh, first. And uh, uh, now, this is a police chief. He's accused of torturing
1: people. Yeah, it's pretty grim. Uh, The first two stories are pretty grim, by the way, just to to give little ears a warning there if if needs be. And um, this is a former police chief. Uh, He was head of police in Bangkok and uh, his name is Titisan San Okay, But he was also known as Joe Ferrari. So that might give you some indication hmm. as to where his salary went. Um, hmm. I'm not suggesting any other payments uh, went along with that. But uh, when police raided his um, his luxury estate, they found 13 luxury cars there last week. So uh, it probably gives you some indication as to what sort of lifestyle he led. And the accusations that are being made against him might give you an indication as to how he came about that money. Um Footage was released last Wednesday uh, where he is seen quite clearly torturing someone. Now, the torture involved uh, the oldest trick in the book, basically placing a plastic bag over a person's head, stopping them from breathing. And he did this on several occasions. There was himself and six other colleagues who were involved. Um, the man who he says he didn't mean to kill uh, subsequently died and um, all of this was caught by what seems to be a younger officer um, who released it online and it has caused an absolute storm in Thailand. Now, this is a place where, you know, police brutality, you know, wouldn't be that strange to be honest with you, mm. but this has really raised the bar. So the guy was, was the sorry, the, the police chief was obviously kicked out of his job and then he went on the run for a couple of days before, in fact, handing himself in last Thursday. And it was very strange because the police gave a press conference, okay, and he was at it via mobile phone. Right, so he had been arrested. Er, sorry, he handed himself in and then was arrested uh, at a police station a couple of hundred kilometers away from where he was based in Bangkok. Mm. Uh, and then he gave a press conference, and, and and commentators on this are saying that is very odd, something that never really happens in Thailand, uh, and the manner in which it was done was was particularly strange.
0: And, and at this press conference, did he protest his innocence? Did he did he make any comment on on the video?
1: He he basically said that he wasn't trying to so the the whole premise of what happened apparently or what what we can take from the video is that he was trying to get a bribe from this guy, mm-hmm. and so he I think that this guy was involved in crime, but that 's neither here nor there. yeah he was trying to get sixty thousand dollars out of him to let himself and his girlfriend go. They had already agreed thirty thousand dollars, but they wanted to get more out of him right, and so this was what the torture was all about. And um, it went wrong. Uh, He has basically taken responsibility for it but quite clearly said that he doesn't want his subordinates or the people who are helping him, inverted commas, um, to be held responsible. He's taking sole responsibility for for it and saying that they were only following orders. So whether he's falling on his sword here or whether he's trying to cover up for somebody else or what's going on, it's not quite clear. You know, they might reduce his his sentence or whatever ends up happening because he, you know, did that for his mates or whatever. But Mm. uh, I think the evidence against him is very, very strong and he's he's in big trouble. Uh,
0: The fact, though, that whoever filmed this decided to to release it online rather than give it to their superior's perhaps tells us something about station yeah, the
1: station yeah yeah it's a good point actually and um, it, I, I have to say I think it's uh, the whistleblower is the real hero here yeah um, a young a young man apparently I don't know his name or anything but uh, yeah he is the hero here and uh, hopefully he won't you know suffer any consequences as a, resu- as a result of what he's done this guy is obviously very powerful so yeah. um you know, it remains to be seen what happens. Yeah. Uh,
0: now, as Jonathan said, uh, that's a pretty grim story. And the next one is two. And uh, Unfortunately, India keeps hitting the headlines yeah. to do with rape stories. Yeah. Uh, and this is a particularly sad one.
1: Yeah, we'll go back to, to where it all began, if that's OK. So this involves a politician, as it often does, uh, Bahujan Samaj party member Atul Rai. Now, the, 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 this particular party, the Bahujan Samaj party, they're very powerful in in the province of Uttar Pradesh. Nationally, they wouldn't be that powerful. They only have a t- about ten MPs in um, in a in a parliament in the lower house, which has five hundred and forty three people. But he, so I suppose why I'm mentioning that is because this guy is significant within that party because he's one of only ten members from that party. His name is Atul Rize, thirty nine year old, and two years ago, he was accused by a woman of uh, raping her, attacking her, and raping her in his house. Okay, she brought the case, she denounced him, whatever, and he was arrested and he has been in prison for two years. Subsequently, however, she came under pressure, Okay, Mm -hmm. So we know that in March, the woman had filed a plea in the Supreme Court seeking to transfer the case from the town where it happened to Delhi. So that she'd feel safe. So she obviously felt threatened. Then in August, a local court issued a non-bailable warrant against her for a forgery case. Some sort of forgery accusation that was made against her by Atul Rai's brother. Okay, so Ah. this is the politician's brother. Launched the case against her, accused her of something or denounced her. And the judges basically arrested her. Okay, on a non-bailable warrant. So she knew she was being set up. So what she did next was it was really drastic. She went to Delhi with a friend of hers. I'm not sure what their relationship was. It was a male friend. The two of them started a Facebook live broadcast. They named the people who they believed were in cahoots with this politician that she had accused of rape. And they then set themselves on fire. Oh okay. my gosh. The police came, threw blankets over them. Uh, this happened on the 16th of August. She died a couple of days later in the mail. Friend died on the 21st. So it's again, as you said at the beginning of this particular story, it's another one of these absolutely shocking rape cases, uh, you know, stories coming from India. And uh, this is particularly grim
0: and and is there going to be any other investigation perhaps into the, the brother of the the alleged rapist yeah. or anything so, of that
1: so nature? So I don't know about the brother to be <clears> honest <throat> with you but there has been an inquiry uh, launched to 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 ascertain the exact reason for why she did what she did but police are obviously putting the jigsaw pieces together and they're they're coming back to this. But obviously there's a problem because now we know we no longer have a a witness for the rape. Yes, yeah. So the, it's the, it's it how it's going to pan out it's it's hard to it's hard to tell yeah
0: um but i suppose there there, there may be a, a case about trying to yeah, discredited yeah, and, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, right, Mauritius, we're going to go to next and uh, this is a bit of a row about stamps.
1: Yeah, great story, this one. Uh, it's been going on since 1968. <laughs> OK, so in 1968, Mauritius mm-hmm. became independent from Britain and uh, they were given their country or most of it at least. But there was a archipelago called the Chagos uh, Islands or mm. whatever you want to call them, uh, not too far from Mauritius that the British decided to hold on to, right? Mm-hmm. And they leased the largest island at an island called Diego Garcia to the United States, right? Very important during the Cold War and Mm. during the whole thing in Afghanistan and and Iraq and everything. And the British have decided that they're not going to give it back to the Mauritians, even though the UN have repeatedly told them, look, Britain, this is part of Mauritius, you need to give it back. Okay, so the International Court of Justice in 2019 basically said the British should give up control of the islands. The UN General Assembly adopted a resolution recognising this archipelago as part of Mauritius. And so the British so far have said no. And in fact, they've renewed a lease until 2036 uh, to to the Americans, right? So there's different strands of the United Nations that are coming together and trying to act on Mauritius' behalf to do their best for them. And one of them is the UN Postal Agency, right? So this is the Universal Postal Union who voted last week that they are no longer going to accept stamps from the Chagas Islands, which have a picture of the Queen and refer to the British Indian Ocean Territory, which is what Britain calls the Chagas Islands. Right. So any post that comes from there with that stamp on it is going to go in the bin.
0: Uh, does much post come from there with that stamp on it? Uh, one wonders.
1: Well, you'd have to imagine that there isn't that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there might be a few things that go, you know, back home to Mama back in Georgia or Alabama or whatever it might be. Uh, but you'd have to imagine that there isn't too much, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's the symbolism of it and of course you know that's the thing and of course Mauritius have taken this on board and they're delighted with the help that they're getting from the UN and it's another way of applying pressure to the British and getting stories like this into the media and sort of embarrassing them really. Mm,
0: uh, uh, And and you are still using it's it's a large military base. Yeah
1: yeah it's huge yeah yeah and very important (coughs) and uh, hence they're you know, they're going back to that lease mm-hmm. and, and they're hoping that it will go on until 2036.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a tricky one. Given that they've uh, already done that. Right. Kazakhstan, we're going to go to uh next, I suppose. Uh, uh, so much of the world's uh, attention is focused on Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. That, uh, uh you know, in the other stands, some terrible things are happening as well. And uh, this is a rather large explosion.
1: Yeah, this happened at a military base in the south of the country and it's, I suppose one of the reasons I included it is because uh, of Afghanistan there is nerves in a lot of the stands as to what's gonna to happen to them in terms of people coming over the border mm-hmm. and even, you know, increase in terrorist attacks in these in these countries. Now Kazakhstan hasn't suffered too badly in most recent years in uh, the early noughties and the mid Uh, around 2015, 2016 there was a bit of an uptick in terrorist activity there but there hasn't been too much lately. But the response to this particular explosion at the military base was to cut off all rail and road into the area, right? Now, I should go back and explain what happened. Mm. (laughs) 13 people have died and over 100 people uh, have been left injured because of a series of blasts that were triggered by a fire at this military base. Now, it's an old... Soviet base, right, where they were holding on to engineering explosives. And the irony of this Uh, is uh. that some of the explosives from another explosion, another accident that happened in 2019 and killed four people were transferred from another military base to this military base. Oh, God. Yeah, so it's a a horrible sort of a story, um, but... uh, the, I, look, the only upside is that no civilians have been killed. I suppose um, mm. they were very And, quick and was to this completely
0: in, yeah. accidental? These explosions.
1: Well, this is why I'm referring to the the roads being mm. and rail being closed mm. off. The minister for defence um, has not ruled out a terrorist attack. Right. Uh, but I think it's fairly clear that it was probably an accident. At this point, it's the, the suggestion is that it's an accident. But he hasn't ruled out a terrorist attack or arson.
0: Right, okay. But, but it's at the same time, it, 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 yeah. Uh, as tragic as it is, I suppose that indicates the level of uh, of nervousness Yes, uh, that's there at the moment. Uh, right, Mali, we're going to go to you next and uh, where the former Prime Minister has been
1: arrested. This is Prime Minister Sami Lu Maiga. Um, he's been involved in politics in Mali for a very, very long time and he's been through quite a bit um, at various different times. He's been on hunger strike and he's had to resign from various different things that he did. But he was prime minister from two thousand and seventeen until April of two thousand and nineteen. Okay, uh, until he took the fall for for a massacre of uh, of, of about one hundred and sixty Fulani civilians that happened uh, back then. So Mali's in absolute turmoil, as you know, and mm-hmm. it has been for years. But it's it's really peaked at the minute. But I suppose part of what the new regime there—it's a military regime headed up by Assimi Goita. Um, is they're trying to get rid of corruption, right? And so they have arrested... Now, well, that's what they say, at least. They've arrested this former Prime Minister um, on suspicion of fraud and forgery and embezzlement of public funds and various different things like that. The focus of their investigation is the purchase of a plane... That he bought <laughs> while he was the minister of defence for thirty million euros. That's the bill. Okay. Right. That's so a, this is Mali. Yeah. Right, this is not the United yeah. States. Mali, very poor country, and he went and splashed out on 30, thirty million quid on a presidential plane, not for himself, but while he was minister for defence. Um, uh, and it's just it doesn't it doesn't add up at all.
0: Right. okay, But I mean, are they saying he kept this plane uh, or or, uh, for his personal use or is it still there being used by the president? I'd say
1: what happened with the plane was that he probably paid a little bit, inverted commas, a little bit over the odds. Yes, indeed. And some of it has gone missing. Right, not okay. the plane. Yeah, but the, that, some of the money that he that used. That sort of thing
0: it. isn't uncommon. Not uh, at all. Uh, yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, right, uh, Brazil. Uh, we're going to go to you next, and uh, there's a there's a Supreme Court decision. Is it coming? And there are huge protests around uh, connected
1: to it. Yeah. So there's meant to be a decision around this on Wednesday, and the build up to it has been quite quite something. So uh, thousands of indigenous people from about over 150 tribes from all over Brazil have gathered yeah. in Brasilia outside the Supreme Court and they're holding a vigil there and they've been there for a couple of days at this stage. And it's a very interesting case. The, the crux of it is that if the tribe, okay, that brought the case, okay, the the Zocleng tribe from the southern state of Santa Catarina, if they lose the case, it could mean that indigenous rights will be, you know, sort of thrown out the window or set back mm. in time by decades, right? The, the case arose when this particular tribe uh, was kicked off its land, all right, from, from its ancestral lands by the state government of Santa Catarina. Okay, very wealthy state, one of the wealthiest states in Brazil, probably the wealthiest, good farming land, sort of Italian-German heritage, that kind of thing, mm. all right. And um, they basically uh, took a court case against Santa, Santa Catarina saying the basis on which they were kicked off was wrong, right. So they were on the land and the government said, that uh, you you can only have access to that, that land if you were on that land in 1988. If you had any ownership, tenuous as it might have been before mm. 1988, you're not entitled to it. That's when the new constitution came in, right? Right. And they're basically saying that that is a narrow interpretation of the law, right? And they want the land back that they were in fact kicked off about a hundred years ago. Ah. So if they win the consequences for the people, the farmers in Santa Catarina could result in over 800 people being kicked off what they see as being their land. And it was
0: probably their parents' land and their grandparents' land. And their
1: grandparents' land from the time that they migrated from Italy and Germany and that kind of thing. Uh, But if they lose, it means that there'll be about a couple of hundred cases all over Brazil which will then allow farmers to encroach on what is supposed to be indigenous ancestral land and they can clear it and start farming there
0: right okay, go on, well, it's, it's, it's huge it 's going to be
1: very contentious either way, absolutely, either way, it is going to be contentious because somebody is going to lose and is going to lose in a very big way, uh whatever the decision is, so I wonder how they 're going to fudge it uh, because it 's up to the supreme court so where where does it go from there? Uh, there is nowhere nowhere that 's if they do fudge it. It, it, there there is nowhere for it to go presumably after that
0: right okay canada and we're going to go to uh, next where there's been a surge of coyote attacks
1: there has indeed uh, this is in a, a park a popular park in vancouver apparently where there's been a record number of uh, attacks by coyotes apparently there's only 12 of them on this particular national park mm. but and and the the people who look after them they can't understand why in the last nine months there have been 40 coyote attacks in this park, which is about four times more than there has been in the last 30 years. Mm. Now, people have been, um, people in the know have been interviewed and they've basically said, and they keep coming back to this, there's too many people going into the park with food giving it to animals that they shouldn't be giving it to like the deer up in the Phoenix Park if I can draw that and they're getting used to it and they're getting used to human contact and and so these coyotes are coming and they're they're biting people right? and that's what's happening. That's what they think.
0: Yeah Uh, and are people uh, blaming Trudeau for this because he seems to be everything seems to be his fault at the moment. Yeah at the
1: moment it is. He's not doing I actually have that and something to watch out for over the coming weeks. Yeah he is not doing well in the polls at the moment and uh, it looks like that everybody's uh, most uh, popular piece of political crumpet might be for the chopping block uh, (laughs) fairly soon. He's not doing well at all. But no, he's not being blamed for this.
0: Yeah, and uh, that that election actually in Canada is what, the 20th 20th. of this month? Yeah, Uh, yeah. Also, there is going to be one in Germany, Germany
1: on the twenty-sixth. Right, okay. Oh, some massive stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Is, yeah. is
0: Angela Merkel retired yet?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I keep know. waiting for that to happen, is, and then yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, I, I think yeah. maybe she she may well have changed her mind. Uh, anything else to look out for? In yeah, in the
1: I mean the only big thing that I noticed, apart from those two elections, which are obviously going to start rolling out, mm. we'll hear hearing more about in the next couple of weeks. Uh, tomorrow, the Venice Film Festival starts, so that uh, always throws up some interesting uh, films. No doubt, you'll be talking or making reference to it in on Friday. They were quite lovely. Uh, Jonathan thanks a million Passion. Jonathan
0: De Brucabol there you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk We'll take a break. after that heading back to the office. Moncrief on News Talk
1: brought to you by Avant money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank Think again.